Good morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Galatians 5, verse 19 through 26. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Will you pray with me and for me this morning? Holy God, we thank you for your Spirit at work in our lives, and we pray that as we seek to discern your will, to hear your voice, we pray that you would speak into each of our hearts, And Lord, I pray over these words that uh, you've placed in my heart, the meditations of my heart and and the words of my mouth, that they would be pleasing to you, that they would be from you. And Lord, I pray ultimately that your spirit would be at work in our lives in a mighty way. So we give all this to you in Jesus Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen. Well, many of you all have probably heard of the Florida University of Florida Gator football team, right? I mean... Go Gators. Okay, all right. So somebody down front has definitely heard of the Florida Gators. In fact, they have um, they have won a couple national championships in the last few years. Uh, they've had some great coaches, uh, some big-name players. And, uh, and so many of you probably have heard about them. And I bet some of you in this room can remember a time when they weren't so good. And they're, seriously, this goes back to a long, long time ago when... Uh, if you know who Steve Spurrier, the old ball coach, he was the quarterback for the University of Florida Gators back in 1965. And it was that summer uh, when the one of the assistant coaches got together with some of the university physicians um, on campus, and he wanted to know he had this problem. He said, look, my football guys, we try to do all this stuff with them. We run through all this endurance stuff, but they're just not making it. They keep wilting under the heat. What can we do? And so the physicians, they took a look, they got together with some researchers, they started to figure out what was causing this, and they came back to the assistant coach and said, these players have two issues. During the course of the game, they're losing and they're not able to replenish two key things, electrolytes and carbohydrates. And that's why they're wilting under the heat and they're not uh, lasting through the whole game and they're not playing as good as they were when they first started. And so they got together and they created this formula and they called it Gatorade. Seriously, I thought this was a joke the very first time I heard about it. I was, you know, this is Gatorade. This is Florida Gators. But uh, this Gatorade was so revolutionary that year. It made such a quick impact really quickly that that year they ended up seven and four in their record. And they weren't a great team. No offense to Steve Spurrier. But all of a sudden, they started outlasting uh, opponents that they weren't favored to win. They were 
um, there were a lot of teams that they played that said there's no way that uh, the Florida Gators will beat this team, but they started winning over and over. And so the coaches decided, hey, this Gatorade's working. Let's keep this thing going. And so the next the next year, their team was 9-2. and two. In fact, the, the entire team was drinking Gatorade. And they were 9-2. and two. They won the Orange Bowl. They'd never done that before in school history. And so people started to take notice. There was something different. How come these this team was outlasting all the other teams? What was different about this team? And so uh, two other universities started to order up Gatorade. The University of Richmond and the University of Miami and Ohio. And then all of a sudden it caught on and more teams started ordering Gatorade, ordering more and more batches. And eventually you weren't cool unless you had Gatorade on the sidelines. In fact, the way that they would say it is, if you didn't have Gatorade it's and you were playing a team who did, it's like you were only playing with 10 instead of 11 because you weren't lasting as long. And Gatorade's everywhere today, isn't it? I mean, seriously, it's the official drink of college sports. It is all over professional sports. And it is uh, transcended into the amateur world of, uh, of, of life. I mean, seriously, every time I'm sick, I have a giant thing of orange Gatorade right by my bed. My wife does blue, I do orange, and it's wonderful. But you know, you start thinking about the colors of Gatorade. And uh, seriously, you remember those old commercials? Uh, the Is It In You commercial, the, the older with Michael Jordan, and man, they'd be drinking, and whatever color of Gatorade they had, it was like a black and white commercial, whatever color of Gatorade, you'd see that sweat in that form uh, start to permeate their skin. And, you know, at first I was like, man, is this stuff radioactive? Should I not be drinking this? But what we learn from Gatorade is true about our faith. What's in you matters. And what we learn about Gatorade is what, when you started there was a noticeable difference between those who drank Gatorade and those who didn't. And there should be a noticeable difference between those who walk with the Holy Spirit and those who don't. Because it's pretty obvious when we let our own desires take the lead, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about, whether it's in your life or somebody around you, maybe a co-worker or somebody, you can recognize when somebody in your life is allowing the flesh their own desires to take the lead because it's obvious when somebody's letting the Spirit take the lead in their life. What's in you makes a difference. And so welcome back to our series, Every Player Needs a Coach, because for the past few weeks we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit's at work in our lives and we all need the Holy Spirit coaching us, guiding us, leading us to be inside of us and work in our lives like a coach. And so Paul, in our scripture today, lays it all out for us of what it looks like when we walk with the Spirit. How we should be able to tell if we're walking with the Spirit or not. And so if you have your Bibles with you, uh, there's Bibles in front of you. If you brought the physical book or if you've got it on your phone, I'm going to invite you to open up to Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 26. And we're going to go through uh, scripture by scripture today. And I want to tell you that Paul breaks this passage into three spots. First, he talks about the acts of the flesh, then the fruit of the Spirit, and then the final part is our evidence, the fruit of the Spirit is our evidence that we belong to Christ. It's it's like that Gatorade, when it comes out of us, people know what we had. And so in our scripture today, Paul is writing, in uh, the book of Galatians, Paul is actually writing a letter to the Christians in the church in Galatia, 
as a town. And our our passage begins in verse 19 with Paul giving a warning of what it looks like when we give in to the to the desires of the flesh. That and we have what's called what he calls the acts of the flesh. And so he says this in 19 through 21: the acts of the flesh are obvious: sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. I mean, it's about here that it starts to hit home. Dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, and orgies, and the like. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I look around the world today. I look at our own country, even in our own community, even in friends around me, and I can see what happens when you give in to the acts of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, that what those acts look like. So here's Paul's first point. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Watch the news. I know this seems cliche, but... Every time you watch the news, it's like something bad is on television. I mean, people are getting murdered. People are getting raped. People are getting taken advantage of. Greed and corruption seem to be rampant. Sex trafficking in the United States is a big deal, and it's not far away. There's sex trafficking that happens in northern Virginia and in all over Virginia and all over the United States. The rate of deaths from drug overdoses have increased 137%, according to CDC, since 2000 here in the United States. Look at our current political climate. It doesn't matter which side of the aisle you fall on, what party you belong to. Our current political climate is divisive. Look at the corruption, not only in our uh, in our political system, but all over. There's corruption and greed in a lot of different places. And what's true is, I think a lot of us think that it's all faraway stuff. But can I tell you something? It's not. It's close. Get on Facebook if you don't believe me. Scroll through your news feed and seriously, after you watch a couple cat videos, it'll make you feel better. Makes me feel better all the time. There's so many good videos. But the reality is there's, there's a lot of harsh opinions on Facebook. There's a lot of anger and frustration. Man, people say some real stuff that's really within them and so the acts of the flesh, what Paul talks about, is obvious. And, and it's apparent. And you name it. It's on Facebook, it's on social media, and that's not something new that Facebook caused. It's just a place that now people can express what's really going on. So the reality is, when our primary hope, when our primary attention falls heavily on this world, it's going to be so easy to give in to the acts of the flesh. And now we know what it looks like. It's obvious. And we will begin to see so many in fits of rage, hatred, or discord And if you've ever experienced this or seen it at work, you know that all it leads to is broken lives. So the truth is this isn't a warning for somebody else. Paul is writing to the church and he's warning us against acts of the flesh and what this will look like. Not so that we can sit back and judge what others are doing, but so we can be attuned to the places in our lives where we are struggling with acts of the flesh. And we all struggle with it. Pastor Mark said it well last week. He said there's a war within us. Two sides between the way of the world, the desires of the flesh, and the work of the Spirit in our lives. 
But I think what gets difficult for us, I think what gets hard for us, is how we see it in us. Because when I see it in others, when I see somebody that I think isn't spirit-filled, I look at them and I think, man, that is a character issue. That's who they really are. I need to pray for them. Uh, for instance, if I'm driving down the road and I have my son Liam in the car seat and I'm in 95 and, and some guy is just coming and speeding and swerving in and out and not using his turn lane uh, signal and, and switching lanes and cutting me off, Man, I look at that guy and I'm like, that is a terrible person. I can't believe that they would do that. When I do it, I'm in a hurry. And it's okay because we really have to get there quickly. I'm really sorry about that. It's not who I really am. The circumstances around me have caused me to act this way. Or if I lose my cool, when I look at myself, it's not my character. It's my circumstance. Hey, I am so sorry I reacted that way. It is not really who I am. Seriously, I've just got a lot going on right now, and I hope you can understand that. But here's the deal. Whether we want to admit it or not, the acts of the flesh can creep up on us and quick. And so 1 John, I think, defines it really well. 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. It reads like this. This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. And I want you to read this, the rest of this sentence with me. In Him, there is no darkness at all. Man, that's true. With God, there is no darkness at all. But if we claim to have fellowship with Him, and and yet we we walk in darkness, I'm just going to read this. When we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. And so when we talk about acts of the flesh, man, we are in darkness. And there's a part of us that isn't living into the truth. And that's not who God is. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And we, in the blood of Jesus, His Son, and I want us to read this part together, purifies us from all sin. It's important for us to walk in the light, to work with the Spirit, to be in step with the Spirit in our lives. It's not that we're not Christian if we stumble Or if we give in at one time or another. I mean, friends, God invites us, knows that we're going to do that and says, confess your sin before God and I will forgive you. Also calls us to forgive others as we ask for that forgiveness. God God is asking us to work with the Spirit and invite the Spirit to be to control our lives. So it's not that we're not Christian if we stumble. It's that we're not fully Spirit controlled. And here's the deal. It's not a one-and-done thing. This is something that we have to constantly do every day to invite the Spirit to work in our lives, to constantly have God work out all the crud in our lives so that eventually the Spirit will begin to show good fruit. And so we see that when we when we have acts of the flesh in our lives, that the Spirit isn't fully leading our lives. The Spirit's not driving our lives. But when we're working with the Spirit in our lives, when we're listening to our coach, we look different. And so in, here's the difference that Paul lays out in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. And, and here's the thing. I think we read this verse. Maybe you're like me. I read this verse and I think, man, this is a feel-good verse. If I would just trust in Jesus, no matter what comes, I don't have to do much, but God's going to give me all this this stuff when when the bad stuff comes. But here's the thing. This isn't a feel-good verse. 
this is something that, and, and I've talked about this with, uh, with my wife and with others. I think we can all hope that these things happen, but I think the reality is a lot of us just try to make it happen on our own instead of allowing God to give us the real fruit of the Spirit. And so the, the truth is it takes hard work to walk with the Spirit every day. And that in doing so, these things start to come out of the work that we've put in into our faith because the Spirit is doing all these things and creating all these things. And so let's read these things together. This is the stuff that we, we need to know about. Here's, here's the test where, where we can gauge where we are in our faith. So let's read this together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, oh joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. See, I even stumble, and I can't even get them all together sometimes. But you know, these things are hard to keep up with, aren't they? I mean, do you ever feel like they can be a little bit elusive in your life, and you just think, man, maybe if I just try harder? Friends, sometimes the thing we need to do is just let go a little bit more of our lives to God so that God will do an amazing thing in us. When we work in step with the Spirit, these characteristics begin to come out of us, not because of what we do, but because of who's inside of us. So here's Paul's second point. The Spirit brings fruit in our lives. I was in my second year of seminary at Duke Divinity School. I was actually in line for a basketball game uh, to, to watch Duke. And I remember getting a phone call from a good friend of mine from college. And he called and said, Hey, Mark, I've got an issue I really need your help with. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, what is it? And he said, look, I've got this friend. And he was a believer, but his friend wasn't. He said, you know, I've got this friend who keeps pestering me and asking me these questions about God that I I just can't answer. He keeps asking me things like, if God is so good, why does God allow suffering? Why does God allow bad stuff to happen in this world? And and he said, you know, I, I try to give him some answers, but no matter what I do, It's just not working, and and to be quite frank, I don't really know the answer to all this stuff. And so with with my second year of uh, seminary under my belt, I remember talking to him in depth about the sin that's created. You know, when we choose not to follow God, the free will that God gives us, and and how when we follow sin in our lives that it creates this chasm, and, and no matter what we do, The only thing we can do is invite Christ into our lives. Not that God causes bad things, but through free will, we have the choice. And that's why bad things happen. And and that's true. All of that is true. But what I wish I'd focused on with him is to say, look, we can't control the actions of others. What we can control is how we respond to the situations around us. And it's essential to live by the Spirit so we can do that. Because many of us think that we can overcome the acts of the flesh on our own. We think that we can figure it out. We think that we can be just good enough to stay out of, out of trouble. But friends, again, I tell you, it's really, it's not enough. We have to be spirit controlled. And here's why. It's easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like one. I'm going to say that again. It's easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like one. You know, when, when we have actions, and we plan out our day, we can say, you know what, I know how I'm going to act today. I know how I'm going to be. I'm going to put on my face. I'm going to do my thing. And uh, no matter what happens, people are going to think I'm nice or I'm so-and-so. But here's the thing. 
when we have circumstances that surprise us, that overwhelm us, our reactions, we can't control them. At some point, we won't be able to fake it anymore. It's like a tea bag. You never know what's in the tea bag until you put it into hot water, but all of a sudden, once it's in hot water, whatever's in there is coming out. And that's true in our lives. Whenever we find ourselves in hot water, whenever we find ourselves in trouble, whether it's the acts of the flesh, the desires of our flesh, or the fruit of the Spirit, something is coming out when that water gets hot around us. So as we walk in the Spirit more and more, the fruit of that Spirit allows us, enables us to react with love, allows us to react with joy, allows us to react with peace, allows us to react with patience, allows us to react with kindness, allows us to react with goodness, allows us to react with faithfulness, allows us to react with gentleness, allows us to react with self-control. You know, you may think that it's redundant to repeat those again, but friends, I, I argue it's worth repeating over and over the fruits of the Spirit because how are we going to know if we're walking by the Spirit if we don't know what that looks like in our lives? And we have to. So I'd encourage you to memorize them. That's my challenge for this week, is to memorize Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And if you don't think it can be done, my wife used to teach first grade at an elementary, uh, a private Christian elementary school. And uh, she taught her first graders a song that they did memorize. So we're going to go ahead and do that real quick. I'm kidding. We're not going to do that. It would not end well for me because I'm a terrible singer. But really, I want you to memorize this verse, these verses rather. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Circle them, underline them in your Bible. Make sure it's something you go back to. Because believe me, we want this in our lives. We want the Spirit to bring out that fruit in us, especially before we face the hard stuff in our lives. Because we're all going to face hard stuff in our lives. Would you agree? I've had many conversations where people have faced very difficult tragedies and come across things in their lives. And faith makes a difference. My roommate in seminary, he was um, an intern for a chaplain uh, program at uh, Duke Hospital. A chaplain at a hospital is a hard spot. But he was in the NICU. And so he would come home with story after story and it would just break our hearts. But you know, he would come home and he'd said about halfway through the program, he said, you know, Mark, I'm starting to pick up a theme here. He said, I can recognize the difference between somebody who has faith and somebody who doesn't. It's not like the tragedy is, is any easier, but they act so different. There's just something different about it. And you can tell. I had a conversation with a, a guy this week, actually. And we were talking. He had lost a wife previously, uh, a few years ago, suddenly and tragically. And he began to tell me how he came through that, that time. And it was his faith that saw him through. And I was amazed at what he was saying. But what was even more compelling, was even more amazing, is he said, you know, my wife loved Jesus. And she walked with the Spirit every day. And you know what happened? He was like, you could tell. You could tell because the fruit of that Spirit kept showing through over and over and over again. And let me tell you something, at her celebration of life, at her funeral, at her memorial service, all people could talk about is how God had worked through her in a mighty way. And you could tell what she was like because she had walked with the Spirit. 
And he said what was crazy is after the service was over, one of her good friends came over to me and said, I want what she has. I want to accept Jesus in my life. Man. Friends, I got to tell you, that's why we need a coach. Because what are people going to say at our funeral? What are they going to say at our memorial service about how we reacted, how we responded, how we lived? We need Christ continually speaking into our lives, retooling, remaking, reforming us so that we can be imprinted with His love. We can be imprinted with His joy, His peace, His patience, kindness, all the fruits of the Spirit, so that as God imprints them on us, we can go out in the world and reflect and imprint that good and glorious fruit on the rest of the world because, friends, the world is hurting and needs this change in a big way. And friends, let me tell you, that's why the church exists and still stands today because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of ordinary people, transforming, retooling them, making them new and imprinting them with the fruit of the Spirit. And it just changes the world, let me tell you. But we have to keep living by the Spirit because we're going to face something in our lives that's going to feel like a car wreck. And can I tell you, we're all going to have what feels like a car wreck in our lives, but having faith, Walking by the Spirit is having all those additional safety features in the car so we can walk away and make it through. Paul tells us in verse 24 and 25, says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those who belong to Christ Jesus. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So here's Paul's third point. The fruit of the Spirit is our evidence that we belong to Christ. So here's the secret. Here's the, the strategy that we can all use to make sure we don't fall into the acts of the flesh. And, and it's this simple. The more we're in line and keep in step with the Spirit, we God will keep us so busy, we won't have time for temptation. We won't have time for acts of the flesh because we'll be doing... Busy doing what God is at work doing. And when we see what God can do, man, it is exciting. And it it will keep us from doing acts of the flesh, from feeding the desires of our flesh. Because can I tell you, if we're not doing that, it can come up on us quickly. I love going and buying fresh fruit. One of the things I hate is going to buy a container of strawberries for five dollars. Man, it's outrageous. To come home, put it in my fridge, only to find a couple days later that I missed that one piece of fruit that was moldy. You know what I'm talking about? And you didn't catch it. So all of a sudden you open that container of strawberries, which that usually doesn't happen because they don't make it home, but you, from the store because I ate them all. But you open that container of strawberries only to find that one white moldy piece of strawberry that was bad contaminated and permeated the rest of the strawberries and that good fruit that was there, you can't see it anymore because the bad fruit was all over. Friends, that's true for us. We need to get rid of the bad fruit quickly. The acts of the flesh are the bad fruit. They permeate our lives quickly, so don't take them lightly even in a small way. It's the darkness coming back in our lives and friends, we walk in the light of God. 
So keeping in step with the Spirit will keep us focused on the light of Christ and away from all this stuff and and the acts of the flesh. And, and here's the thing that Bill Hybels, he's the lead pastor at, at Willow Creek Church, says to do. He says, look, if you want to know if you're walking by the Spirit, if you're, uh, if you're a follower of Christ, here's an easy way to know that, ensure that you're doing that. He said, show me your chair. Show me that chair that you spend 15 minutes in every day praying, reading a devotional, reading Scripture, and listening to God. If you have a chair that you do that 15 minutes a day, he said, then you're going to start to show these what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. And here's why that works. When we're small and intentional, when we're uh, intentional in the smaller things, they eventually turn into bigger habits and skills. And God does amazing things through us. So when we walk with the Spirit a little at, at a time, it makes a big difference. And so I want to challenge you to take what Pastor Mark said seriously last week, to go out and get a devotional to start practicing some of these spiritual disciplines. But I want you to find a chair. And over the next 30 days, I want you to claim that chair for 15 minutes a day. Other people can sit in it, but for 15 minutes a day, that's where you are. Praying, listening to God, reading Scripture, and reading the devotional. And here's the thing, if you've only if you've done this for 30 days, and only if you've done these things for the next 30 days, I want you to send me a picture of your chair. And I want you to tell me about the life change that God has done in you and how one of if how some of these fruits of the spirit are starting to be seen in your life because of the time you're putting in and how the spirit is cultivating these things in your lives. I hope you'll take this challenge seriously. I hope you walk with with the spirit step. I hope you'll keep in step with the spirit. And here's why, because the world is tired of seeing people who say one thing and do another. The world doesn't need any more of that. We need people who are committed to who God calls us to be and live out of that. So friends, I just want to ask you, what's in you? And can people see what's really in you? When the hot water comes around you, when the circumstances rise and things get difficult, how are you responding? How are you reacting? Because friends, if we're walking in step with the Spirit, God is doing amazing and transformational things that will radically change the way we live. And it will change the way others live in this world.